Hello and welcome to another episode of Houston. We have a podcast. I'm here again for another review episode with Paulo. Uh, we have recently done our 20 best of 2021 and we came out of that one with some recommendations of things that either of us had, like one of us had seen, the other one hadn't. Um, and so on this episode, we are going to do a little bit of recap of each other's recommendations that we actually checked out. Um, and then I guess the meat of the episode, we finally saw a movie which was high on our list of maybe would have been on our top of 2021 lists, Licorice Pizza, um, which we were <laughs> finally able to see. Uh, don't know how each other liked it because we just saw it recently and we will discover on this podcast if it does indeed uh, rise to the top of our best of 2021 lists or not. Um, yeah. So let's let's start with a recap of 2021 recommendations. Uh, there was a few movies that I had that you hadn't seen, and a couple that you had um, that I hadn't seen. And so we've both kind of watched some of those. And maybe let's start with uh, Spencer, uh, which is a movie that was high on my top. Uh, I don't think, I think it was near the bottom of my top 10, but still on my top 10 uh, that you hadn't seven. watched. You yeah. you had a chance to watch it. What did you think? So I will preface my comments by saying I fell asleep. <laughs> um, so, okay. I, I recognize that this is not the type of movie that I would ever watch. Um, my fiance loves uh, this kind of stuff. Um, like she watched The Crown and she's super into like all the Princess Diana stuff. Like her parents were had a had a weird thing about Princess Diana as well. I think a lot of Filipinos do actually for some odd reason. Um, That's I can't remember. I've never heard that before. It's yeah no I I remember someone telling me like or it it it's either my fiance or like multiple different friends who are Filipino have like told me that like there's a weird thing about Filipino people and. Uh, and Princess Diana. But anyways, sorry. Um, the movie uh, was, um, from what I watched, uh, was cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Kristen Stewart actually looked really, like, I, I think she actually did very well. Um, and that's pretty much all I have. Like, it was just not my thing at all. Uh, and I, I was not... It, it, it's not, I was not a fan. <laughs> Did your fiance enjoy it? Uh, yes. I, th I think she was like, it was a little slow even for her taste. Um, but I, I don't know. I was, I was asleep for maybe like 40% of it. <laughs> there, yeah, there's probably a little bit of like expectation setting involved in that because I, I had a pretty good idea that's what it was going to be about having watched the Jackie O movie that he did with Natalie Portman a few years ago, that mm -hmm. same director. And so I was like, okay, I, kn I know what this is going to be basically. Um, and so it's much more of just like an acting display. Um, and I, I think she did a good job. Um, it's funny. Uh, I was thinking back to the first episode we ever recorded where we debated Emma Watson versus Kristen Stewart. <laughs> and if you told me that one of those two would have been playing Princess Diana and gotten Academy Award winning or Academy Award nomination five years later, probably wouldn't have guessed it was Kristen Stewart. But I will, I will claim 
a second victory on that conversation <laughs> for <laughs> you know what i'm fine with that like <laughs> i'm not gonna emma watson is very like mainstream i feel like now i mean she doesn't act that much anymore right no and i don't know if that's by choice or not i think it probably is but yeah and Kristen stewart she's like her and ed uh what's his name robert pattinson just like both of them just just started acting didn't they like <laughs> after uh after twilight yes they, thank you twilight for giving us these uh good actors and actresses even though they didn't give any good performances for their first seven movies yeah seven wasn't there yeah. like seven twilight movies or i don't know no wait oh i thought you were talking about seven, like the seven after twilight and then they started getting good no no i think they started getting good pretty soon after oh okay well yeah i mean uh, um like spencer uh i don't know she's just um she was yeah she was good i'm trying to like think of what else i could i could recommend to someone like like me and i mean not a lot if if you're if definitely like it, it's it's you have to know what you're getting to like like you said and like that kind of stuff um to enjoy it um i mean there was some interesting stuff that i didn't know like she had i think she was like bulimic uh, Princess Diana, not Kristen Stewart, mm -hmm. um, and that was like represented in an interesting way with like the whole pearl thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't know that she had like she was dealing with mental illness, and the whole like Chris this whole Christmas party or Christmas holiday was a was a thing, where it was like exacerbating her 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 mental illness. It did make me go back and kind of research more about her life because I had I don't think I'd ever done a deep dive like obviously you know certain things about her just because of who she is but it's like i know mm -hmm. the movie wasn't intending to be 100 percent accurate it was pulling different things from different parts of her life and kind of putting it in one place to try to tell kind of the spirit of her life at that time oh. but i don't think this was like a 100 percent factually correct story which i'm totally okay with because it still makes a good character story yeah well i mean like i didn't yeah, I don't. I didn't think it was a hundred percent like a true story either. I I thought at the very least, or okay, so maybe I'm wrong. Is the like the Christmas holiday tradition thing that happened, right? Like, I'm pretty sure that happened. Okay, okay, but just like all the elements of what happened over that that holiday is just like combined from other things, like other stories. Yeah, like I, I think it might have pulled from other things that like uh like servants or whatever had like seen from her or like conversation from i think with prince charles at one point like i feel like that maybe didn't actually happen at that weekend but maybe it happened another point i i'm not a, a monarchy historian i, I can't <laughs> say what was true and what wasn't i just know that i watched the story and it it was a good story to me whether i, actually, I, I feel the same way about yeah. the social network like I, I don't care whether it's true it's a good movie <laughs> yeah sure I probably should have gotten uh, my fiance to join the, the the episode today. She could be our fact checker on on this one at least. Do you have anything yeah, else to uh, say about Spencer? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I'm surprised you said this much about Spencer. I'm surprised you even watched it. So, I well, like I said, it's never like in a million years I would never choose to watch it of my own 
volition. Like Faye and I have this thing where if if we can't decide, each of us will pick three movies and then we'll slowly remove one of them from each other's lists. And then we just happened to land with Spencer, which was obviously on her list. And actually, it turned out, this will come up later, but Titan was on my list for that time. And um, I am glad that her movie won. Because <laughs> uh, I, I cannot imagine watching Titan with, with her. <laughs> so maybe that's a good segue into, let's talk about Titan, Titane, I don't know how to pronounce Titan? it yet. Oh, okay. Um, this is, I think, a movie that you can say much more about because there's a lot going on in that movie. Um, did your fiancé watch it? And No. I, 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 I am glad. I am not. glad that my recommendation <laughs> did not result in her watching that movie. Even though I liked it, I would never recommend it to her. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like me recommending you that... that stupid netflix movie with the baby dangling uh from the plane <laughs> times like one million <laughs> um because i think i'm gonna have to award you uh with the most fucked up recommendation like but i think hands down this is the most fucked up movie i've ever watched in my entire life i thought old boy old boy used to have that title um old boy is is sesame street compared to titan titan did you watch um, raw which was this director's previous movie i did not i was considering it until i watched this movie <laughs> i'm probably not going to watch raw um but yeah so like even so going back to not having Faye around while watching this movie she was actually on her way out the door um while i was watching like the first bit and the first bit is already insane um, and it's like uncomfortable. It's like, you know, when you're a kid, like watching a movie with your parents and then, or like you're watching a movie and then your parents are in the other room and then there's like a sex scene and then all they just hear is moaning. So everything is like, it's like that. But then also she was like walking by when she's like fucking the car and like getting her hair stuck in the other girl's nipple ring. <laughs> They're so like, why i don't under so okay let's let's rewind a little bit i i'll explain a little bit about this movie as much as i can and you're gonna have to jump in here because i don't one i don't understand why this like why this movie that's it that's a sentence i don't understand why this movie and i don't understand what like is there supposed to be a story or like a meaning I don't know, um, but basically it's this little girl, or sorry, not it's a girl uh, who gets into a car accident uh, when she's a, a child, and then she has a, like a titanium plate in her head, and then I don't know if that's what makes her start acting weird, but like, she goes through life as like a serial killer, and she loves metal, like she loves metal a lot, um, and yeah, she kills people, and then sometimes, and then she goes on the run, and she and uh, uh, should I not spoil? No, I'm gonna no. Let's talk it. about spoilers because okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> y either you've heard about this movie and you've watched it because it got a lot of review views, or you you do not want to watch this movie. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. So then I'll we'll I'll tell everything about it. Um, yeah, she goes on the run. She be, she pretends to be uh like a firefighter's runaway son, 
while she's pregnant with a car's baby. And then he gives birth and dies. <laughs> you're, you're speeding past a lot of good stuff from this movie. This is why I need you here. <laughs> so um, the first like half hour, 45 minutes of the movie, I would agree that it's kind of just a lot of fucked up scenes in a row that are kind of just demonstrating that she has problems. She does not belong. She has issues with her father. It kind of hints that maybe he was abusive in some way that caused her to be a certain way. Maybe it's because of the car accident. Maybe because it's the metal plate in her head. You don't really know. But the, a lot of the beginning is flavor of just like, here's some shit that's going on in her life. But the heart of the story is when she decides to, you know, burn down her dad's house and go on the run from the law where she decides, you know, I'm going to pretend to be this guy's son who has run away. And obviously the audience knows that she doesn't really pass for a guy. The, the guys, uh, the son, or sorry, the guy whose son she's trying to be is like a fire chief. None of the people that are in his station think that he's, uh, or that <laughs> she's her, that she's his son. Um, because she's not like, doesn't really look that much like him. But what you learn is that this guy in all likelihood watched his son burn to death. And he is so traumatized that he can't come to terms with it, that he, he wants to believe anything. So he wants to believe, and, and he even hints at certain points that he knows she's not his son, but he's like going to, you know, fulfill this fantasy. Um, yeah. And so there's this kind of heartwarming story about, a you know, the woman who's on the run from the law because she's got a shitty father meeting up with a guy who has lost his son. And it's, so it's like, they're finding each other in this world and then, you know, it goes on and yes, eventually she does give birth to a car or <laughs> give birth to a robot. But the movie ends on her dying and him having a new robot son. So he doesn't have to live the fantasy anymore. He kind of gets back the son that he lost. And so in my mind, you could have, you could have told that story in a way that didn't have anything to do with fucking a car or having a titanium plate in your head or giving birth to a robot. Those are just flavor on top of what the real story is, which is like these two troubled people finding each other in life. Yeah, you can look at it like that, I suppose. <laughs> no, I mean, okay, I, I got the whole like, she, like he's going on, going along with the delusion, or everyone's going along with the delusion because like he he lost his son and she is filling that void even though he knows she's nothing close to his son but like what <laughs> what how do you how do you take that story like this nice heartwarming thing and then just take it in that direction like i just did not understand i mean creative sure like i will not argue that but why like what <laughs> why not it just it adds more it's like you could tell a wonderful story and then you could just make the characters be superheroes and all of a sudden you've crossed genres and you've added more flavor to a story and that's what i feel about this one if it's like if you're doing weird stuff just for the sake of weird stuff you can only go so far with it but if you have an actual heartwarming story, sometimes it's boring because you've seen a lot of those stories before. And so, like, you can just mishmash the two and they elevate each other. Um, exact same as her first movie, which is basically about, you know, a young girl goes to university, discovers that she's a cannibal. 
basically the same story as if like somebody going to university and discovering their sexuality because like her parents in that movie are vegetarians uh which is obviously very different from being a cannibal um which i think is symbolic of like people having deeply religious parents and so it's like you could tell that same story just with like sexuality and religion but instead it's like let's have this woman eat people and now it's just more fun yeah i mean (laughs) it's more fun yeah i mean i i get that like okay let me clarify when i say why i don't mean like why did you make this i mean like why did you choose to like what what why do you pick the love of like metal and like the car thing like i'm okay i'm gonna try not to focus on the car fucking um because that's like the very the the most the tiniest part of this movie but like like i can't even get my This is still really fresh in my brain, and I can't, like, I cannot express what I've seen. Like, why, why do you use, why do you, why does someone decide to pick, like, to, to show, like, why is that the flavor there? (laughs) (laughs) Some people enjoy horror and gore and that type of thing, and it's, it's just, it has an audience, it's a niche. I, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's just so it's just so out there. Like I, I don't and know. We haven't even I talked could... about the chopstick abortion scene. Oh my god! Yeah, I put that out of my brain actually. Or it's like her hairpin. Yeah, that was the thing. one part where I had to like look away from the screen for a little bit. Yeah. So like, Faye was at the door about to leave, and. I'm like, <laughs> I'm on the couch because the TV is like right next, like you can see the TV from the, from the door. And I'm, I was telling her, don't look. She's like, what's happening? I was like, you don't want to know. Just leave and do what you got to do. Which is like, thankfully you can't see what she's doing, but you know. Yeah. And it's all like her hairpin things like have already been given this context of like how she uses them because she kills like multiple people with them. Yeah. D- yeah. It's, that's <laughs> it was um it was is an experience for sure I, I think this movie either those scenes are gonna do something for you or they're not and if you're the type of person that likes to see weird stuff in movie and you like a little bit of horror and some like some cringe type stuff it's like yep this movie is gonna scratch that itch for you if you are squeamish and you don't like that thing you are not gonna like this movie Okay, hold hold on, hold on. Because I am not squeamish. Like I, I pride, I take pride in the fact that I like weird stuff. Maybe not as weird as well. We like different types of weird stuff for sure, hundred percent. I mean, even in Titan aside, we like different types of weird stuff. I enjoy weird things. I like. I enjoy some a certain level of gore and like action, like action horror stuff sure but this like i i want to stress that anyone listening this is like next level i was not carson hinted at this like how this how this is to me and i was still not prepared for what i saw i don't know if i unless you like you've made it clear that you really really like the most weird and disgusting shit. Um, 
then I would not recommend this movie to you. I, uh, I will say I purposely phrased my review of it in that episode we recorded so as not to give away and to slightly recommend this movie in hopes <laughs> that somebody would go watch it unspoiled <laughs> and have the reaction that you're currently having. So I, yeah. I feel good about how I <laughs> recommended it. You got exactly what you wanted. And like, I'm looking at the <laughs> just one last question, I guess the, on the, the post that you, that you made on our Instagram for the top 10, why did you pick the picture of the, the fire chief guy? Um, for me, he was the heart of the movie. Um, also, I just searched for a high res image for some movies. Okay. I, it would not have been, if I were to scour the movie and have access to any frame in the movie, it's probably not the one I would have chosen, but it was available in a Google search. Okay. Okay. Actually, one last thing. I'm curious. Do you, I don't know how much you remember, um, like smaller details. And this is like one thing that, I mean, it, it's, I don't, I don't know why I fixated on this considering everything that happened in that movie, but there's the one point where they're like, she's on the beach with her, the girlfriend before she kills her. Mm -hmm. And she's like trying to bite out her, like her nipple piercing and her, I don't know, maybe if I'm just, maybe I'm just tripping out, but the girlfriend was wearing like that shirt that says, I, I can't like, don't give up or something like that. It's like a blue shirt. And then immediately after that scene, the main girl is wearing that shirt for like the next few days. Why are you fixating on this? I don't, like I thought it was, <laughs> I was just confused. Okay. I'm not explaining. You know what? It doesn't matter. I, I think like how I would interpret that is like, they're just trying to talk about how, uh, how lack of a conscience she has because it's like you can kill someone and not even try to hide it and openly wear her shirt. No, 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 no. Like it's not after she killed her. It's like, it's, it's like an editing thing, I think, or like a continuity thing. Like, so they're, they're on the beach, mm -hmm. the girlfriend's wearing the shirt, they do their thing. And then she freaks out because she was like biting the piercing too, too much. And then she leaves the girlfriend is still wearing that shirt. She leaves. And in the next scene, she's at home wearing the shirt that the girlfriend was wearing. I did not pick up on this detail. Sure. Continuity <laughs> okay. error. You know what? I think I was just trying to focus on other things <laughs> <laughs> while I was watching that movie. Um, I don't, I don't know. I have nothing else to say. Yeah. I, I would say I, I connected more with the second half of that movie. There, There's a lot of just random scenes in the beginning that are... Uh, the first half is not why I like that movie, is what I would say. I didn't dislike it, but I didn't really connect to it much. I'm, okay, well, I mean, that, that's good. <laughs> oh, the, only, the, the last thing. So I, I did find one part really funny, uh, and I don't know if it's supposed to be funny, but at the very end, when like the firefighters are having like this huge party... And then I, I, I'm assuming they they still kind of think that she's a, a boy. Yeah, um, I know like what scene you're talking son. about. And I'm pretty sure while they know that she's not his son, I don't think they suspect that it's a girl. 
Yeah, but then like they they're having this like this huge rave in the fire hall, and then I think they're all drunk, and then they put her thinking him or whatever on top of like a fire truck, and then they're like cheering for him like Adrian, 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 and then she starts like sexy stripper dancing, <laughs> and like while still pretend like in her I'm a boy clothes mm-hmm. like get up. And slowly they're all just like looking and some of them are just like, <laughs> like the, 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 what's it called? The, the, the energy drop and like the confusion on all those like big manly guys' faces is just really funny. To me. <laughs> yeah. That feeling anyway. of what you felt about that scene is how I felt about most of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> really? I don't we just know. have different tastes is all. Yeah. Speaking then, of different tastes, let's move on to our next movie, Werewolves Within. <laughs> this uh, is going to be complete opposite end of the spectrum. Yes, this is a very different type of movie. Uh, I think it was like number six or seven on your list. Uh, I think it was seven. Uh, it's a, I don't know if it's a Netflix movie, but it's like maybe straight to Netflix, basically. And I think you had done some intro of it, but I'll do another intro now. Um, it, it's it's a a movie version of the werewolf game, either board game or I guess video game. Cause it's a Ubisoft movie, I guess um, where there's a small group of people all in a small town and it's like, which one is the werewolf? And then people slowly get picked off or yeah, and get killed. You don't know who it is until, you know, the very ending. Um, I don't have a lot of negative to say about this, but I don't know why it's on your top 10. <laughs> You don't? It's like a very, it's, it's a movie. It's, if you want to watch a movie, it's like, yep, it's got, it's got actors and it's got a story and they're enjoyable and yeah, that's it. It's not, it's not, it's not anything special, which is why it was like on my, on the lower half of my top 10. It's funny because other people who I've, I recommended that movie to who are not as, uh, who don't have as different tastes as me and definitely not the same tastes as you they were also like yeah it's fine <laughs> um i think it's it really just comes down to per- personal preference um i there was a little like a tiny hint of like british humor like Shaun of the dead type british humor like just a tiny hint of that which i really liked um and um i think also the uh the the what's her AT&T or what was the commercial that she's in yeah she's the AT&T lady oh sorry about that yeah um I just thought she was cute did you know she was almost cast as squirrel girl in the Marvel Cinematic Universe I did because so when I look up like casts after I watch a movie I that came up when I was when I was on when I was looking at her stuff I, I actually, I, I would like to watch that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd be on board for a, a new Avengers squirrel girl and coy boy movie. Um, <laughs> uh, for me, like she was okay. Uh, the twist at the end was coming from a mile away, but for me, the one thing that was good in the movie, which I think alludes a little bit to like the, the British type humor that you were talking about is the main guy. Uh, his whole thing is like, he's a nice guy. He's overly nice. And he's like way too polite 
And for me, he played it at kind of the perfect level because I think it would be very easy to go way over the top with like how nice he is and having things. But there's like, he was starting to discover the werewolf attacks and he's going around town and he's like, heavens to Betsy. And it's like, (laughs) he was saying it in a way where you could believe that this was a real person who was exactly that nice and he doesn't want to swear. And so he has sayings like that. And like, for me, he carried the movie in a movie like that. You need, because the whole thing is you have these small group of individuals that are trapped together. They did have the different personalities, but I feel like they didn't have the actors to bring out those characters. Like you really need all those characters to be really nailed. And there was like none of them other than the main guy that I think really was appropriate for the role or did it well. Yeah. Cause like when they don't have that, they kind of turn into caricatures yeah. and that's kind of, that was like one of the negatives that I, I will agree kind of took away but like just a tiny bit uh, other than that. And the guy, like what you said about the main guy, um, I think that's just like, that that's definitely his role. Like if in the other movies that I've seen him in, um, I, I think he was like, Mike and Dave need wedding dates. <laughs> I don't know why that's one, but he's in that. I've And I've seen it and he's that same guy. Same with the Tomorrow War, which we've both seen. He's the same guy, basically. I knew I had seen him in other things, but I forgot where. Yeah, that's that's it's his shtick basically, and this movie was like made like this movie and character was like made for him to do that. Um, which I mean, yeah, he's good at it. And then the I think I keep saying that uh, the um, the main girl, the AT and T one, I keep saying that she's just she's cute and that's it. But I I feel like I should expound on that. <laughs> Um, I think her that it was like a conscious decision to make her like cute because well twist spoiler she is the werewolf um, and it's just like it it's purposely done where she's like like she's what's the word she's like quirky girl things, but like well yeah she's quirky girl she's like the like unthreatening and like lovable so she like let you like let your guard down and then she eats you because she's a werewolf type thing combined with like the nice guy that's the dynamic i guess yeah she was she was too nice like i feel like it was coming from a mile away because it's like okay of course there's going to be a twist and there was no other character that was strong (laughs) enough that it would be a twist for yeah but again like this is not a movie that's aiming to win an Academy Award. It It is what it is, and it does what it's supposed to do. If you want to go watch a, a horror comedy movie, sure. It's it's perfectly fine. <laughs> if you want to watch something safe and like non-threatening and people don't get stabbed with chopsticks. Yeah, if you just watch Titan and you want to get it off your mind, if you want to clean you your go. brain, go watch Werewolves Within. See, we have a nice flow going here. I like it. This is why this is why we work. <laughs> All right, so that's that's our I guess conclude well sort of conclusion to the list that we already created for 2021. Um, and now the, uh, the the longer review that we're going to do is the movie that. Uh, so when we had made those lists, we had kind of hinted, you know, hey, there's a couple movies that we think could be on this list, but we just haven't seen yet because they haven't come out. Um, both of us mentioned Nightmare Alley and Licorice Pizza. 
Uh, we have now both seen those movies. I don't think we have a whole lot to say on Nightmare Alley other than it's probably not on either of our top tens. I don't know if maybe it's near the bottom of yours or... No. Um, but no. it was not really a whole lot to say about that one. Um, we've also both watched Licorice Pizza. We know we have things to talk about, but I really don't know what you felt about this at all. So let's discuss it now. What did you feel about Licorice Pizza? Um, I think much like the Batman movie that I just watched yesterday, I think my expectations for some reason were a little too high. Um, um, I, maybe I'll chalk that up to a good trailer. Um, but I, it was okay. And I don't understand why similar to Titan. To Tan, I don't understand why it was made. Like, why why choose to tell this story? Um, should I just? You want, I'll just go into the plot a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's it's ba- at the very most basic description. It is about a 16 year old boy and like a 23 year old girl, and it's a love story about. It's worse yeah. than that. It's a 15 year old boy and a 25 year old woman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, I just it like the movie is shot well, like everything looks nice. This this nostalgia because it's like a period piece, cool. Um, it's it's funny at times. There's like interesting scenes, some some interesting characters, but like just why like why why would you why do you decide to tell this story right now? <laughs> like I I don't that's that was my main like question mark watching it so question for you this movie is directed by paul thomas anderson how many other recent paul thomas anderson movies have you seen i'm going i'm pretty sure zero you've seen there will be blood presumably i've seen like half of it (laughs) yeah so i I say that because sorry go ahead Oh, no, just really quick. I was just going to say, like, we, yeah, I, I remember. So we were talking about this before, like when we were both like waiting to watch this movie. And uh, yeah, I, I remember now, like I haven't really seen There Will Be Blood is like probably the most like familiarity I have with him. Other than that, it's like the Heim music videos that he's done, which is, again, like the the main character, um, the, the female lead. Um is from that band, which I, which I really like, but anyways, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Cause after like, there will be blood. I think, I don't know if it got, I think it was nominated for Oscars. Um, it was probably the most like recognized of his movies. And, and since then he's just been, I almost want to say just working on his craft in terms of filmmaking. And so the stuff he's producing, it's like, this is not a conventional story. You're not going through like your, your, typical three-story act um but probably in in my opinion the most talented filmmaker working today why he chooses to use his craft on stories that are very meandering and not very straightforward i don't know but it just in terms of like pure filmmaking i think he's the best out there today and it, it goes beyond just a movie looking nice it's all of the little aspects that feed into that, like to make a movie. And obviously I'm not trained in any type of like filmmaking or anything like that, but 
you're using sound and tone and, and camera styles and acting and timing and all these things to help tell a story. And I feel yeah. like while the story is maybe not much on its own, this is the best possible way that this tor- story could have been told because it has a really good filmmaker at it. Yeah, um, I agree with that. And so for me, I was watching it and I kind of feel the same way of like, why was this story being told? But it also feels like the first real movie I've watched in two years because <laughs> there's just, it's it's a different level. Uh, it, it's like watching a B movie and then going in to watch an MCU movie. It's just made better than everything else that's out there. Even though the story is like, why? I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like, and that's, I, I mean, I, it's pretty much what I'm trying to get at, just not as eloquently, <laughs> um, like with, and, and knowing even less about filmmaking. Um, it, it just, I think meandering is a good description because it's like, and I read something about how like it's, it's supposed to be, I don't, I don't know if it's an homage, but like it, it's, it, it's supposed to be nostalgic and like, so the type of movie that was like, it's, you're just kind of chilling with the group of friends and you're going, you're just, Oh, we're going to do this now. We're going to sell some water beds. Oh, this is cool. Like let's chill with the the kid and his 15 year old friends all the time. Um, back in the day and it's like yeah okay sure um and, and that's like a really interesting thing that you brought up about like how he is a really good filmmaker like i'll agree with that like like i said i think that it was a is very well put together um as a as a film but then like why i don't know it like just the the morality of the story aside like why yeah i'm getting i'm getting stuck on (laughs) i what i like about it is uh, you know the morality question of it of you know like a 15 year old in love with a 25 year old kind of a weird story that kind of presents you with a question of how do you feel about this and that's like i feel like good movies aren't just saying like here is a story you should feel like this about it it's saying here's here's a story what do you think about it um, yeah, because yeah, which it definitely did. Th- there's other versions of the story, like Lolita, where it's like an older guy and an underage girl, and you kind of know how you're supposed to feel about it. And then you, if you reverse the roles, it's like, is that less weird? Is it the same amount of weird? <laughs> it makes you yeah. have to think about it. But uh, so I like that they weren't too judgmental about it. They just kind of said like, "Hey, here it is, and we're going to present it, and then you decide for yourself." Which yeah. Uh, it's funny because it did make me think of another movie I watched this year uh, called Red Rocket, um, which is similarly from a filmmaker who does very non-judgmental movies about characters that you should pass judgment on. Um, the movie is about a 40-year-old ex-porn star who moves to a small town and tries to seduce a 17-year-old to go into the porn industry. Oh, nice. <laughs> which is that similar uh, underage story, but told from a very different perspective. Um, and so the fact that, you know, first of all, not just like sleazy 40 year old porn guy, but it's like, you do feel like they have a connection of some sort, whether you feel like that's okay is another thing, but it was like, it's a legitimately interesting love story on its own of like a, will they or won't they? And then at times like both of them kind of hurt the other and you know, there's, there's this back and forth. So it's like, okay, there's something there, but 
um, what you were saying about this being kind of a nostalgia thing, like it makes sense because in my mind, that's where the real story is, is here's what the sixties were like. And not from the perspective of like, let's look at the sixties through rose colored, rose colored glasses, but it really, in some ways it almost feels like a defense of quote unquote woke culture today because everyone's kind of (laughs) saying we've gone too far, but then you look at a movie like this and it's like, Oh, we were, we were behind in the sixties. Um, and it like little things about like the guy who's married multiple Japanese women and can't speak Japanese, but like speaks to them in a racist accent. Um, and then like the guys who kind of like hit on girls and slap them on the butt while they're working. Um, and just like all these things about, Oh, and then the one talent agent who's interviewing her and doesn't understand what Krav Maga is and like pronounces it as like Kung Fu Maga or something. And yeah, it's like, yeah, like we were a very Jewy nose. Like <laughs> yeah, it's like we were very uncultured at that time and we've come a long way. So it is kind of being nostalgic about the sixties, but it's also saying like, Hey, here's what the sixties was for one way or another. So it almost feels like the point of the movie is to go and look back at that point in time and oh by the way here's a love story to help us do that but it's it's like who cares about the love story it's more about the setting yeah actually i don't know i i feel like that i i feel like that is not the intention um only because of what i've read so the going back to the whole um the restaurant owner with the japanese wives um for context like you said he he doesn't speak japanese they speak japanese and when he speaks to them, he uses like a hokey Japanese accent, like, whoa, this is, um... <laughs> actually, it's what I do when I talk to Yoshi, <laughs> but like, we have a thing, so it's okay. <laughs> but so what I had read was like, I, I looked immediately, I looked up this movie after I watched it, because again, why? Um, but what, what the, one of the first few things that had come up was like controversy over like, why do like the that that guy being racist basically racist japanese accent and it was like people were saying um there was like some group i guess having to do with japanese culture or whatever saying or asian culture um saying like you shouldn't have this character um and like sure he can be racist like he can be a racist character but no one in the scene like corrected him or like he doesn't get any comeuppance or anything. He just does it and he gets away scot-free. And that was like the big complaint, which I thought like was weird. I, I mean, I don't, I'm personally not offended. I'm not, I'm not Japanese, uh, but it's like you're portraying a racist character. Racists don't always get their, their, car, their just desserts. Um, and that's and what then, I feel like the movie was doing is they were saying like, hey, people were just okay with this back then. And they yeah. weren't like, they didn't try to make that character look cool. Like the audience is the audience is judging him and the audience is intended to judge him. Yeah. But then where it comes in with like the whole, what you were saying about like defensive world culture is that I don't think that was his intention because he had a really like a weird response to that controversy, like non-controversy. It was like, he said something like, I'm sorry if that's what you took from it or like, that's or I, I'm sorry if the the uh, like what the the spirit of the the scene or the character like gave you. That's not what it was. Well, okay, so maybe it was. Maybe it, it could have been. Maybe he just didn't describe his intention. 
it still could have been that, but he, he, he just seemed very like nonchalant and like, no, it's, it's just nothing. It's like a nothing burger. It's just, he, he talks with a Japanese accent. That's it. And that was like the, the vibe I got from his response. So that's why I think only because of that, I don't think that's necessarily what he was trying to do, but I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think, I don't know. I, I, I don't know Paul Thomas Anderson personally. I don't know what he was aiming for. I I don't think he was trying to just say nothing. Like the way that the whole film is made and even previous movies that he's made, like it, he doesn't want to paint it exactly for you. He doesn't want you to say like, you're supposed to be said in this scene. And then the next scene you're supposed like have a big applause thing at the top for the, the you know crowd to know what to do. It, like you do have to have a little bit of your own brain going into that movie to figure out what you're, I mean, or figure out for yourself what you want to feel. But I don't feel like he was just doing it casually, like it was, or not mm-hmm. just for comedy. Like, yeah, he he knew that he was portraying that era in a certain light, and it wasn't one way or another, but it was specific. Um, in, yeah, in what he was trying to do. I mean, I personally agree with that. I just like, I I know I, I'm I'm looking at what other people were saying about it and like even with the whole like un- like weird relationship thing like on uh on the instagram comments for like the trailer of the movie there was like i was before i had watched the movie i i saw someone like people were posting this is about uh a, a, a basically what we said like 25 year old girl uh falling in love with a 15 year old boy don't watch it and it's like, okay, that doesn't make sure it's bad. I mean, like that that in itself, not good. But like we watch movies about Nazis and like serial people killers and murderers, cars and killing people. People with... fucking. <laughs> yeah, I like it's. Not, I don't think the movie is not glorifying that, like the relationship. I mean, even though in watching it, I was like not wanting the t- them to end up together and then they spoiler alert again they do <laughs> anyway but like it's like it's telling it's telling that story but it's not necessarily like you said it's not saying that that this is good it's just this is what happened like what do you think yeah it it but, is it's interesting i i legitimately don't know how he feels about the whole like 25 year old and 15 year old like you can't <laughs> i i can tell how he feels about other things of the era and other characters yeah. and about certain things but like that I, I was expecting there to be a point in the movie where they're like this is not okay um and then it never did um, and we could be completely wrong too we could maybe he very well is like this is awesome like more 25 year olds <laughs> with 15 year olds this like let's normalize this we don't know, but I don't think, I mean, I hope not. <laughs> I, I do want to point out for audiences that Cooper Hoffman, who was playing the 15-year-old boy, is 19 years old. Um, is he? He is 19 I... now. He was probably 18 when it was shooting. Okay. Because I, I looked it up too, and I think he, I thought he was like around the same age as what he was supposed to be in the movie, and Alana Haim, who is the main the female lead is like 30. <laughs> yeah. I know she's like 30, but I, they haven't been shooting this movie for five years. People didn't even know what it was about at the beginning of last year. 
and there were started to be like set pictures at like the end of last year. So he wasn't 15 when this was shot. Um, (laughs) I do also on that note want to point out that the two leads give great performances. Uh, Oh yeah, we should talk about (laughs) like, I I don't know. Like I think you know more about this Heim sister than I do, but I think this was her first movie. She did a great job. Um, Cooper Hoffman, this is also his first role and you know, he son of Philip Seymour Hoffman. So he has kind of acting in his genes. Um, but he did a phenomenal job in his first role. Um, like even the, the, kind of cameo appearances by Bradley Cooper and Sean Penn and other people like all the characters in contrast to werewolves within just absolutely <laughs> nail their role. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Actually the, the one complaint oh, kind of complaint is that Bradley Cooper, sorry, um, Bradley Cooper, like he, he's introduced as kind of like a villain uh, near the end of the movie. Uh, but and I, I was thinking like, oh, okay, like they're fucking up his house. They're gonna have to deal with this now. Like they're gonna have to, like they're gonna have to come together to deal with Bradley Cooper because he's gonna try and fucking kill them. And then he just never comes back. <laughs> and again, having watched a few Paul Thomas Anderson movies, I, I kind of knew that they were bringing in these cameos as here's a little subplot, but they're not the focus of the story. Yeah, I mean that. Like, I with no like not knowing of anything about his movies, I wasn't. I didn't know that it was going to be like that. Even like uh, Maya Maya Rudolph from SNL, she's in like she, she. You can see her face on the screen for like three seconds yeah. in one scene, and that's it. Um. So yeah, I. That's good to know now that that's what he does. <laughs> but I was like waiting for them to come back. Uh, the Japanese accent guy <laughs> came back more than either of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, sorry, going back to, like, I went off on a weird tangent. Um, uh, yeah, Cooper Hoffman, who I didn't know was related to Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, him and Alana Haim both did really good. Uh, going, um, she, this is her first role in a movie. And, I mean, that's all she's said in, like, every interview, like, when she's making the rounds with, like, Jimmy Kimmel and all those guys like the late night shows. Um, yeah, she, she like, she's been in music videos, but I, I mean, and clearly performed before, but doesn't always translate. But for her, she did a really, I also think she did a really good job. I think even better than um, what's his name? The kid. Yeah. Actually. In many ways, she's the main character of the movie. Yeah. Um, her comedic and, timing is great. <laughs> yeah. There's the one, the part where uh, the first time she fights, uh, her, with her family like she brings home that uh, the other yeah. actor um, and then uh, who are again actually her, her real family like like parents as well I didn't know that was where I, I was wondering I if that was the case but that's good yeah it, it's so I knew it was her sisters for sure uh, for real because it's the band but her parents like I found out later that they are actually her parents so her her real family plays her family in the movie and the, anyways, they get into a fight and then like her older sister is or eldest sister is like kind of the the, st- the chill stoner of the family. And then she they're like sitting outside and after the fight and her stone sister is like, you shouldn't fight with it. There's something like you, you shouldn't fight so much. She's like, oh, <laughs> that was exactly the scene I was referring to when I said she had great timing. Um, yeah. Part of me wonders whether she'll get into more acting, but I would also say that 
there's a lot of pretty good actors and actresses out there that have given their best performance in a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Um, I would say Tom Cruise's best role came in Magnolia, which was an early mm-hmm. Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman did some of his best roles. Joaquin Phoenix did some of his best roles. So it's like, this guy is a great filmmaker and he gets the most out of his actors just because those two gave great performances doesn't necessarily mean like, I hope that they continue to make movies with Paul Thomas Anderson because I think there's a good fit. And, you know, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was in a lot of movies with Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, so the fact that like his son is kind of carrying on like, uh, warm feelings in my heart to see Cooper (laughs) Hoffman, you know, kind of taking off after his dad. Um, so I hope that continues, but I wouldn't necessarily say that just because of a great performance in this one doesn't mean that they're going to be great actors from now on. Yeah, for sure. And first of all, shout out to Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman, wherever you are. Um, but, uh, yeah, like on that note, especially for uh, Alana Heim, um, I, I think this is like, she was kind of playing herself, um, not to take away from her performance. Cause she, again, she did really well, but uh, like I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with you in that I don't know if, uh, well, if she acts again, I don't know if she has like any sort of range, <laughs> like if she could be a different character. And um, yeah, maybe it is because of um, Paul Thomas Anderson. Who, who am I mixing him up with? Wes Anderson. No, no, <laughs> the Resident Evil one. <laughs> oh, Paul, Paul W. S. Anderson. <laughs> different not the same. different directors imagine <laughs> he goes from resident evil series to licorice pizza sorry uh, on the topic of philip seymour hoffman i would just like to use this opportunity to state that i still believe that scientology set him up and killed him uh because of making fun of him in the movie the master which is a paul thomas anderson movie that was a critique of scientology with uh joaquin phoenix and philip seymour hoffman and then philip seymour hoffman mysteriously dies of a drug overdose which discredits his name soon thereafter. I, I will start the conspiracy theory that Scientology killed him. Whoa. Should, should we have Colin and, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> Colin back on the podcast? Um, I did not know any of that. I, I, I will not vocalize my support for your conspiracy theory because <laughs> I don't want to die. <laughs> Scientology is going to come after us now. Yeah. Because our, our, we have such a huge platform. Yeah, licorice pizza. So where would it have made your top ten? And if so, where on your list where it have would it have been? Uh you know, I don't know if I would have put it over uh werewolves within. <laughs> I did enjoy werewolves within much more. Like looking back at my list. Uh... <laughs> It was more, I, I remember it more than Judas and the Black Messiah, for example, which was like 10th on my list, but I still don't think I enjoyed it more, which is a weird thing to say about Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, not a story that you really enjoy. Um, no, probably like, probably 11. It would probably be 11 on my list. And Titan would be like 50. <laughs> <laughs> werewolves within was actually number 46 when i went back and looked at my list um oh yeah uh hard to know where i would put it on my list because my number one movie was justice league and that's very hard to compare um, but my number two was green knight and i would say those are easier movies to compare green knight and licorice pizza and i would say i liked licorice pizza more so 
don't know if I would put it number one. Um, in my opinion, definitely the best made movie this year. Whereas, like, I don't think Justice League is the best made movie. It's just the one that I personally enjoyed. So, mm-hmm. number two. I guess I'd still put it at number two. Still holding Justice League at wow. number one. Wow. Well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I, I probably need to go back and watch Justice League. I probably remember it better than it actually is. Yeah. But it is a four-hour rewatch, so. Yeah, I was thinking... That's exactly what was going through my brain. I was thinking, like, should I watch it again, too? But then, like, Batman already was three fucking hours, and it felt like three hours. Did you know that there's a black and white version of the Snyder Cut? I think I think you told me about this. It's I literally know. the same movie, but black and white, right? Yes. And I, yeah. I like black and white, so I, I will one day watch that. <laughs> oh, God. But not anytime soon. Yeah, I don't think you have the time. <laughs> Um, all right, um, let's uh, let's end the episode off there. Uh, we will be back in a few weeks with our thoughts on the Academy Awards and some other goofy stuff that we are probably going to do for that. So thanks for tuning in, and we will see you all then. <laughs>